Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the ninth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love 
and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. God, make speed to save us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book of Job, chapter 28, beginning at the first verse. Surely there is a vein for the silver and a place for the gold where they find it. Iron is taken out of the earth and brass is molten out of the stone. He setteth an end to darkness and searcheth out all perfection, the stones of darkness and the shadow of death. The flood breaketh out from the inhabitant, even the waters forgotten of the foot, they are dried up, they are gone away from men. As for the earth, out of it cometh bread, and under it is turned up as it were fire. The stones of it are the place of sapphires, and it hath dust of gold. There is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eye hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock, he overturneth the mountains by the roots, he cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. But where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living, the depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx, or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close from the fowls of the air, destruction and death say, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is written in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, beginning at the 17th verse. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Show thy mercy upon us. O Lord, save the Queen. Endue thy ministers with righteousness.
within us. Almighty God, who did send thy Holy Spirit to be the life and light of thy church. Open our hearts to the riches of thy grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we being defended from the fear of our enemies may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ,
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was in my late teens, my delightful godmother sent me a bookmark which had on it a motto that I reacted against so strongly that rather than using it, I put the item in the back of a drawer and did my very best to forget all about it. To explain why I reacted so strongly against that bookmark, I shall tell you what it said in a moment, it's helpful to let you know what was going on in my life at the time. I was a very work-obsessed undergraduate, rather precious about all things intellectual, trying desperately to conceal my basic and deep-seated personal insecurity through academic success and the acquisition of knowledge. And it was then that I received through the post that very beautiful bookmark featuring the image of a unicorn, a bookmark that bore the message, to know is nothing at all, to imagine is everything. It was, of course, only a bookmark, and yet, at the time, I was thoroughly indignant. After all, my entire existence was characterised by a commitment to knowing, to extending the knowledge that I had, to testing the assumptions of others against hard fact. The whole business of imagining things seemed to me to be fundamentally suspect best restricted to the make-believe games of primary school-age children. After all, into what realms of fantasy might it lead one? And I carried that set of assumptions with me for an alarmingly long time, until my outlook was suddenly challenged in the most unexpected and lasting of ways. Yesterday, the 31st of July, the church's calendar commemorated Ignatius of Loyola, a Basque nobleman and soldier who was wounded at the siege of Pamplona in the year 1521. During his convalescence, he famously read A Life of Christ, which was to overturn his life. He experienced a profound conversion that led him eventually to found the Society of Jesus, which we now refer to as the Jesuit order. And with it, a set of spiritual disciplines that were to evolve over time into something very distinctive. And one aspect of Ignatian spirituality, particularly associated with retreats in daily life, some of you may have heard about them or even taken part in such a retreat, invites the participant within the context of prayer and with the help and guidance of a trained prayer guide to take a biblical text and to enter it or engage with it imaginatively in order to see what unfolds within that time of prayer. You can perhaps imagine quite how strongly I reacted against that whole idea when I first encountered it. But eventually, and rather grudgingly, I decided to suspend my disbelief and my concern that I wasn't entirely sure that I had an imagination at all in any case, and give it a go. 
And I have to say that the experience that emerged from my first encounter with that particular approach to prayer and scripture was so astonishing and life-transforming that it completely overturned some of my assumptions about myself, about prayer, about scripture, and about how God speaks to us. I was richly blessed in the prayer guide that I had when I first took part in that kind of retreat, which made a huge difference to that first experience. But to illustrate the way in which that kind of approach to prayer and the Bible can be profoundly illuminating, I'd like to give you an example from the first time that I did a full eight-day Ignatian retreat at St. Bino's, the Jesuit Center for Spirituality in North Wales. On the first day of my retreat there, I was given as a text to reflect upon the story of the baptism of Jesus by John in the River Jordan, a familiar enough biblical text which sounded like a very interesting and straightforward starting point. But much to my consternation and frustration, I got nowhere with it. I tried desperately hard to imagine myself on the banks of the River Jordan, visualizing the scene, trying to enter into it, but I couldn't. I couldn't get anywhere. I couldn't even get close to the water. There seemed to be huge boulders and blocks of wood in the way, barring my, my path there. I couldn't even see Jesus, let alone envisage the event. But oddly enough, that very experience proved to be the starting point of one of the most profound spiritual journeys of my life because it made me reflect upon what it was that was blocking my path in that imaginary situation. Why was it that I was struggling to see Jesus? And as the retreat progressed during the course of that week, I realized that the problem was a very real one, that it was something that was deeply unresolved in my life at the time, namely a very difficult relationship with a former colleague that had left me feeling angry, wounded, and very resentful, although I hid it very well. And so I spent the rest of that retreat systematically dismantling that barrier. And strangely enough, the key that enabled me to do that was the reflection on another biblical passage, this time a text in the Gospels, a story in which blind Bartimaeus is healed by Jesus. Because entering imaginatively into that story I found myself standing in the place of Jesus, looking at that blind beggar and realizing with a jolt that the person I was seeing was the colleague who had made my life hell, sitting there in the dust, blind and in need of compassion. And by the end of that retreat, the artwork that I was producing, you're encouraged to paint and to draw if you would like to do so during that kind of retreat. The artwork, the paintings I was doing, were depicting myself and that individual, that former colleague, 
not as enemies, not as rivals, but remarkably journeying together, side by side, following Jesus. What was so extraordinary about that experience was that I began that retreat not even aware that the legacy of that particular difficult relationship was even something that I needed to address. My anger and my resentment were buried so deep. And yet by the end of that week, I was in a completely different place with that whole event in my life. And as a result, I was also in a very different place in my relationship with Christ. We never stop learning about the riches of the spiritual life. We must never stop ourselves from being surprised at the ways in which God can speak to us, often in ways that overturn all of our expectations. Sometimes Christ finds us and brings us his healing and his hope when we don't even recognize that we are wounded. Which is perhaps why one of the most well-known Jesuit writers on spirituality of our own era, Gerard Hughes, entitled what was perhaps his best loved book, God of Surprises. Amen.
let us pray. Jesus, bread of life, feed your church with your gifts of faith and trust. Equip us for the ministry to which you call all baptised in your name. Grant that we may grow into maturity in union with you. We pray for the leaders of your holy churches and especially for Justin and Stephen, our archbishops, Sarah, our bishop, and Alison, our rector. We pray also today for the province of the Anglican Church in Southeast Asia and for Bishop of Sabah and Archbishop Melter. Also for the church in Helsinki in Finland and for Bishop Timu. In our own diocese, we pray for the Barnet Deanery, for Julie Gitto's area dean, and for its subdeans and deanery lay ministers. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, bread of life, Nourish our public life with your gift of prophetic wisdom. Inspire us to look beyond our narrow self-interest. Grant that all may delight in your goodness. We pray for your blessing on our Queen and government and the leaders of the nations. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, bread of life, sustain our life with your gift of sufficient food and water. Give us the will to ensure that none go hungry or are malnourished. Bless the work of aid agencies and trade justice movements. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, bread of life, revive all who are weary and exhausted with your gift of patient hope. Strengthen and uphold them in their sufferings. We remember especially those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need at this time. Any others known to us and all who suffer in body, in mind or in spirit. Refresh them with the knowledge of your presence. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, bread of life, restore us in the gift of your eternal life. Hear our prayer as we remember those who have died. We ask for your blessing on the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. 
rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. We remember all those who mourn. We pray that you will grant us a share with all the departed in the eternal banquet of your love. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the, the sake, sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Amongst you and remain with you.